you remain standing for the word of the Lord in John's Gospel, chapter 16. I thank you for being here. Summertime is here. Kids are out of school. It's been one week now, I think. The parents will know for sure because they're counting the weeks that they head back. Uh, But thank God he has brought us together. I want to emphasize to you, you've already been informed, but I want to emphasize to you that one of the special events of the church calendar takes place two weeks from today and the weekend of the 12th of this this month, meaning June, which is tomorrow. The 12th through the 14th is the weekend that we have the ministry of Perry Stone, who is a worldwide known, who is a powerfully gifted, well-studied, man of prophecy and faith. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of great prophecy teachers out there. And uh, and sometimes we get confused. We don't know what and where. And I'm not saying that Perry thinks he's the best. But when you you hear his ministry and your depth of his study and, and you hear the relevance of today, let me tell you, when the rapture takes place, you ain't got no time to pack no bag because you ain't going to be needing no bag. Hallelujah. So Friday, 7 p.m., Saturday 10 to 6, and Sunday 9, 11, and, and, and 6. Let me, let me tell South Metro Ministry this. This will be us, okay? We are hosting this. This is your church. You come. But I want you to help me in a special way. Uh, I, I felt that revelation as one of the brothers were talking to me this morning. It's Brother Sammy. We are a host church. Can I get an amen? That means if you come in here Friday night, somebody sit in your seat, please leave them alone. Okay, that means if, 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 if they park in your place or they, who do they think they are? I've been coming here four years. No, no, we are hosting others to come and hear the gospel, okay? And, and so let us, let us receive, let us shake hands, let's be friendly, let's make it so good for people because people will come from all over because they follow this ministry like we follow other ministries. But let us, let us do the sacrificing and who knows, maybe somebody we bless with a kind word or, or, or let them have our seat. They just may give their heart to the Lord or say, I think I'll go back there. And if they come back and they take your seat again, then you can tell them. No. <laughs> Here's John, chapter 16, verse 33. Very familiar, one of my favorites. Jesus speaking. Jesus said in John 16:33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, trouble, tribulation. But be of good cheer, be happy, be glad. I, Jesus said, I, speaking of himself, have overcome the world. Give me an amen. Let's read it together on the count of three, off the screen, loud. One, two, three. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen? Now, also, every Sunday we have so many volunteers and so many servants, and I thank every one of you for serving. Some of them serve right here because they stay in both services as intercessors and altar workers, and they have to hear me twice, and I do pray for you. Uh, They have to hear me twice. Uh, So I pray a fresh touch. Reach your hands this way. Offer a prayer for me so that I can be a blessing to you. Father, I, I don't want to just be some kind of canned sermon. I don't want to be some kind of reading off a paper thing. These notes are here to help me. I want to walk to the left when you tell you go to the left, to the right when you say go to the right. I want to stay right down the middle when you do it. But come on, everybody. Let's offer a prayer for you, too. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit will say. God, give us a new dimension of, uh, of listening and receiving Refresh our bodies, renew our minds, O oh God. Father, I pray this won't be sermon as usual and church as usual and altar call as usual. I, I need you, God. I, I, I need you today. Everybody here needs you, Lord. And so I pray that the gospel will change everything. In Christ's name. The church say amen. 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 And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to call today's lesson... This thing called life. This thing called life. And I was really uh, battling between another title, and uh, I wrestled with it, but I, I thought I'd go with this. But the other title I was wrestling with comes from the substance of our text, and it would be 
The worst and the best is yet to come. Do you, do you follow me? Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation and trials and troubles. That's the worst. The best is yet to come because he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But I want to talk to you about this thing called life. And I, and I wanted to tell you just briefly in the context of where we get the scriptures because we need to know where, where it's coming from. Jesus has a few more days and he's going to be crucified. He's preparing his disciple about this thing called life after I'm dead and gone. And he, he tells them that he's going to send them the Holy Spirit to help them. He tells them in verses 20 and 21, and if you keep your Bibles open, because I don't have all of it on the screen, but if you have your Bibles open, same chapter, about his coming arrest, mock trial, brutal, horrendous beating, spitting on his face, plucking his beard, a crown of thorn on his head, beating his back so severely with leather stripes that have uh, bone particles at the end that they kind of rake it over his back and, and making him carry his cross. He, was, he, had, he had told them all of these things. And, and he said to them in verse 22, verse 20 of chapter 16, Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Meaning, when the world sees me, the Roman world, the Jews, and all the people who oppose me and want me killed, they're going to rejoice because they're going to think that they really have a villain here. They, they're going to think that, the, that I'm false and I'm not real and what I said about coming back to life and, and all is not real and the miracles I did isn't real because of hatred and jealousy. The Jews had Jesus killed. Can, can, can I get a witness here? Okay. But Jesus voluntarily allowed himself to be killed because you and I needed a Savior. So that while they are going to rejoice the world, you are going to be sorrowful. Now look at verse 21 if you have your Bibles open. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being was born into the world. Oh, uh, let, let somebody say amen. Let the ladies say amen, okay? I mean, here you are, you, you done carrying this child for nine months. You done fixed up the nursery. You done fixed up the crib. You done hung the curtains. and You done bought the pillows and, 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 and a rocking chair and a, a remote television thing where you got one in the nursery and one where you are, and you're carrying this child, and some mornings you're as sick as can be, and, man, you go through phases, you know, and... and, and and uh, before the child comes, I'm talking about the ninth month, maybe, maybe the, the, the few hours or day or so, uh, days get so miserable, you know? And, and, and then when that, when that birth, birthing actually happens, I've, I've not been in the room to, to uh, see my daughters being birthed, you know? But I did make an attempt. I did. The first time, I did go to Lamar's class for Jennifer. She's 33. You know, I figure, hey, Valerie could carry Jennifer for 33, I mean, for nine months, and uh, uh, I, I, I can be there to help her and hold her hand and say, breathe, breathe, breathe. You know, uh, you must have heard this. Some of you heard me tell this before, but, but I'll tell on myself again. And, and then, you know, you go and you take your, 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 your fake baby doll you know, to the Lamar's class, and you take your pillow, and, and, and you, you do all that they tell you, and, and, and you hold the hands. And I, I did that for weeks. Did we not do that? Used to be known as Clayton General Hospital, now Southern Regional. And I, I, I'm thinking, I'm the man. Yeah, this gal can carry this baby and go through all this. And I, I, I said, okay, here we go. It was 9.15 on a Sunday night that Jennifer decided to come. And I went in there with Valerie because I had been prepared. I'd been to Lamar's, baby, Lamar's. Yeah. I, and, and I had my pillow, and I know everything. They, they had to prepare Valerie. And they, had to, they decided now that this is not going to be a natural birth because of the position of, 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 of uh, Je uh, Jennifer in the, in the womb. It's going to have to be a cesarean uh, delivery, cesarean section, okay? So they're going to let me stay there, uh, but behind the scenes, <laughs> they thought. When I saw them starting putting them IVs in Valerie, and I saw them tubes hanging here, and this needle going here, and this one going over, uh, they said I turned as green as, uh, I don't know if that chair is green, 
But I, I left while I was standing beside her bed holding her hand. I forgot to tell her to breathe. Somebody tell me to breathe. <laughs> Brother Jeff, I kid you not, I ran to the bathroom in her room. The nurses, a few of them left her and came after me <laughs> because I was about to die. Because I can't, you know, I can't stand needles. I can't. I have an allergic, allergic reaction to pain, especially coming on my wife. You know, and, and so I, I tell you all that to say uh, I got out of that room as fast as I could. I sent her mother in, and ever since then, even before then, I've got this contention. This is my conviction. If you're a husband and a father, and and one day will be, and and go have children and want to go in and all, that's your business. But I got this conviction. It came from the Caribbean, and it came from this Indian. The man belongs out there in the waiting room, and the woman belongs in the birthing room with her mother or somebody else who know what they're doing. And after, you know, you, you ladies, when you're, uh, some of you know this because you have your own story. Your husband beside you, oh, I love you, darling. I love you, baby. She push, push. Oh, here's a contraction. She says, if you ever touch me again. Don't even come close to me. We ain't having no more babies. We ain't having no more. Can I get it? We ain't doing this again. Don't you even send me a rose or a flower. You're no good. But the Bible says, after that, the joy. Give that mother the first hole of that baby. I wish somebody would say amen. Give that mother that first look at that child. Give that mother the privilege to pull back that little, that little blanket. Oh, my Lord. The Bible says she soon, within hours, forgets the anguish that she's been through. Can I get, can I get a praise the Lord? And Jesus said to his disciples, when you see me crucified, you're going to scatter. You're going to run. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trouble because they know that you are my disciples. They're coming after you next. Can I get an amen? They want to wipe out the whole thing. But, oh, Jesus said, that may be tribulation for you, and you may run and hide. But this is Friday, and you know the rest of the story. This is Friday. I'm going to die, but Sunday is coming. Oh, it, right now, you may have tribulation. You may have trials. You may be going some tr- sort of birthing pain in your soul because you know I'm going to die. But come the third day when I burst death, hell, and the grave wide open, they're going to be crying. And you are going to be rejoicing because I will have overcome death, hell, and the grave. Somebody give the Lord some praise. It's not on the screen, but you want to write it down if you take notes. Our problems depends on our perspectives, whether they are our tribulation or whether they are trouble. Perspective is important all of life, but it is especially important in how we see our troubles or our tribulation. Let me show you this. Uh, sometimes we do like this. A, a man went to a doctor, and he said to the doctor, I have diagnosed myself over the Internet because of my symptoms, and, and I, I've come to the conclusion that in my diagnosing myself over the Internet that I have Either swine fever, rift valley fever, which I don't know where rift valley is, if there's even one. Uh, bovine, which is an animal, a cow, I think, isn't it? Bovine spongiform, blue tongue, or stub toe. Another lady goes to the doctor and she says, I have diagnosed myself over the Internet looking at my symptoms, and I've come now for a second opinion. And that's how we approach God so many times. Perspective, perspective. Oh, I, thought, I, thought, I feel a whoop glory. I didn't come to play church. I ain't going to preach long. Well, I mean, I ain't going to preach too long, but I, I want you to hear a word from the Lord, okay? Don't we do that as human beings? I do that. We go to source A, source B, source C, knowing that we have a God who says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Knowing we have a God who says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and put it upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Somehow the devil makes us forget that we know we have a God that says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. 
mind. Knock and it shall be opened. It's amazing how we have this forgetfulness here. Can I, can I get an amen? When we take the wrong perspective about our troubles and we magnify them. So we go to lawyer, we go to doctor, and nothing wrong with them, okay? There's a place for the lawyer, there's a place for the doctor, there's a place to go to mom, to go to dad, to go to a good friend, to go to a banker, to check out our resources. But I say this to you, sometimes the last place we go is to go to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, I want you to show me what I need to do. Can I, can I get an amen here? Lord, I don't want to self-diagnose myself and have myself in all kind of panic and hysteria and think I got diseases that ain't even been invented yet. Come on, somebody help me here. What you have to do is get your mind off your things of the flesh. Get your mind off your things of the gutter. Can somebody say amen? It's like one preacher says you got to get rid of stinking thinking because it will put you back in doubt and depression. And you got to think on those things that are good just, pure, lovely, and a good report because if you're going to deal with this thing called life, you have a weapon called the Word of God. Somebody, somebody praise the Lord. Perspective. Here, we used to use terms, and we still use these terms, first world nations and third world nations. Anybody ever heard those terms? It used to be a political, cultural thing. So, uh, and it still is, but not, not maybe as strong as before. When we talk about first world nations, we talk about nations that are developed like America. In other words, modernized medicine, modernized computer, modernized industry, modernized uh, uh, learning centers, education, uh, cars, it, it just, just blessed, okay? Uh, we are like, like France, we are like Germany, we are like uh, England, we are like uh, other places that are first world nations. Then third world nations would be like nations uh, that are impoverished, that are not yet uh, blessed with the uh, uh, modern conveniences and they, they don't have as many doctors, they don't have as many schools, they don't have as many resources uh, to develop institutions uh, that will help in developing their nation to be more prosperous. So we're talking about the interior of Africa. So we're talking about the former nations that were under communism in, in, in Eastern Europe. We're talking about some of the Caribbean, which would be called third world nations. Okay? I say that to tell you this. Here's how life can be. Here's how we can, our perspective can sometimes be distorted. Here's a first world problem, a developed nation problem. Here's somebody with this problem. The only doctor's appointment I could get means I have to skip my gym session. And here's a third world response. They have that same problem. I've never been to a doctor. I'm too weak to work or to take care of my children. Perspective. Here's another problem, first world problem. We really think we've got a major trouble here. The Wi-Fi at the coffee shop was down, and I couldn't get online to order new shoes. Yeah, and here's a third world problem. People are really living like this. My family's shoes are flip-flops made from rubber cut from discarded tires. And that's what, if they have shoes at all. Can I get an amen? Uh, we went to the sink, and, and, or we went to the shower, and the pressure wasn't as, as much as we wanted. And we got people uh, in the, living in the world have to walk miles to get the water for their day. Third world. Perspective. Can I, can I get an amen? I'm not trying to make you feel bad that they have to do it. I'm just telling you that sometimes we get off perspectives and we get our lives all in some kind of a contortion because the devil takes away from the fact that in God and through Christ we have peace and we are blessed. Here's, here's a first world problem. My sister's family can't drive over for the party tonight due to heavy snow. And a third world problem. I haven't seen or heard from any of my relatives since the rebels attacked this village six months ago. I don't know if they're dead, they're alive, or enslaved. Now, my goal there is not to make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel bad here at the sermon. My goal here is to challenge, and you need to write this down. Our challenges and problems are relative to our culture and our circumstances. Did you hear me? It's where you live. It's what you think. It's what your circumstances are. Your 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 culture, your circumstances, you measure that by the resources you have or that you don't have. But you and I live in a blessed nation. And some days we have bad days. And some days we nights we have bad nights. But I want to tell you, put it on the screen. Problems reveal a lot about us. 
How we respond exposes our values, our priorities, and especially our spiritual beliefs. Can I get an amen, somebody? If you really want to know the real you, will the real Alan Matura stand up? Get into some trouble. I don't mean willingly you go and put yourself in trouble, but let trouble get to you or you get in some trouble. Can I get an amen? If you really want to know what cloth you're cut from, what fabric you're made from, what tree you're planted as, you let trouble come. It exposes our values, our priorities, and especially our spiritual beliefs. The, the Bible says that, put, put on the screen for me, some problems are caused by life. If you're going to live in this world and you're breathing, you're going to have problems. Everybody do this. Take your thumb. Take, take the thumb, if you will. Okay? And now take the other hand, hold it up like this, and take the thumb and put it on your wrist. And I got it on the, I got mine on, yeah, do you feel something? Move it, move around, press your thumb. Do you feel, Sammy, you ain't there? Because if you're feeling some kind of pulse, you done gone. Sorry, going home. (laughs) If you have a pulse, you're going to have a problem. Okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to be unkind. I don't care what age you are. You're living in this world. You shall have tribulation. Okay, so life, life is full of things that break down, fall apart, go wrong. Can I get an amen? The more things we have, the more problems we have. And if we can't handle the problems of possessions, then we need to downsize and have a yard sale. Give me an amen. If we're going to have stuff, everybody has stuff. Everybody wants stuff. It's amazing how bad we got to have that stuff right away. And in six months, it's in some shelf or some yard sale somewhere. It's amazing. But if you're going to have stuff and benefit from it, you might have to open up the book and read the fine prints. In this world, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to have trials. Things are going to come at you from all directions because of life. Here's a second thought, please. Some problems only come from life. Some problems come by our association with others. Point number two. Put it on the screen. The problems that come from others are largely out of our control. Give me an amen. Sometimes you can have an accident. It's not your fault, but it's now given you a problem. Amen? Sometimes somebody's behavior towards you or somebody's behavior towards somebody else can cause a problem for you. Somebody's addiction, somebody's abuse of drugs or alcohol. Somebody else can make your world go in a tizzy and you can lose your joy and you can lose your cheer and you can lose your happiness. There are people who will tell you, I'm my own man, I'm my own woman, I'm my own teenager, I'm 18 years old now, and it's my problem, it's not your problem, and I can handle it. I want to tell you here, brother, if you have a problem, more times than not, it's going to be like taking a pebble and throwing it in a still pond at the middle of the pond, and when that pebble lands in that water, you're going to see rippling effect come all the way to the shore. Somebody say Amen. Seldom does any of us have a problem that doesn't cause somebody else some issue. And seldom does somebody else in your life or out of your life have a problem that doesn't cause you an issue. But Jesus said, I've taken care of that too. Whether the problem comes from within or without, I will give you the power to overcome. Be of good cheer. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Here, here's something else. Here it is. The third thing I want you to Some problems come from within. Sometimes we are the source of our own problems. The Lord says, don't go there. The Holy Spirit says, don't do that. The Spirit says, don't turn to that channel. Come on, say amen. The Holy Spirit says, don't hang with that group that took you to drugs and took you to alcohol and took you to sexual promiscuity. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we are our own problem for refusing to listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we are our own problem for refusing to listen to our mom or our dad or our husband or our wife. Help me preach here, somebody. Some of us have accountability partners, and and they say, you know, I I really think you ought to wait on some of this. But because we think we are an exception to the devil's snares, can I get an amen? Let me tell you something. God is no respecter of persons, but the devil is no respecter of persons either, okay? Okay. And, and I tell you that to let you know that we sometimes cause our own problems. And, oh, help, help me, Holy Ghost. We, remember this, we are partly responsible 
for, or totally responsible for not what somebody does to us, but for how we respond to it. Yeah, you've heard it before. Let me say this. You may not be able to help what somebody does to you or says to you or whatever, okay? For whatever. You may not be able to do it, but you have to make the choice. Am I going to get mad? Am I going to quit? Am I going to fight with them? Am I going to lose my joy? Am I going to blow my testimony? Or am I go back to the Bible where Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 33, In this world you are going to have trouble, but in me you will have peace. Can I get an amen? I am responsible for how I respond. Uh, uh, let me move on. Problems, you might want to write this too, may blindside us, but they don't have to blind us. That's a, that's a good word. Have you ever had said this to yourself about you or your family or your own life? I don't know where it came. We kind of use the term out of the blue. I've had stuff happen to me like that. Out of the blue. You get a phone call. Where did that come from? Out of the blue. You're healthy one day. And then the next day, you're not feeling well. And you go to the doctor. And out of the blue, just kind of figure your speech. It, it, something comes your way that you, that you were not ready, ready for. And it blinds you. Can I get an Amen. Out of the blue, it looks like the company you're working for is secure, your 401k is secure, retirement is okay, and everything's looking good, and it blindsides you because had you known, you would have tried to make some other plans. Can I get an amen? Let me, let me tell you something else. Write this down. Problems have big mouths. Because problems says a lot about our character, about our strength, and about our weaknesses. Okay? Right? Let me tell you. Really, really... You see, you come to church because you want to build character. I feel like I'm having a good time by myself. <laughs> you come to church because you, 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 you want to build strength. You come to church because you, you, you want to build a testimony. You, want, you come to church because you want to be full of the Holy Ghost. and You don't want to be backsliding all the time. But problems have big mouths. And they say a lot about whether I have strength, character, or faith. Here's an illustration, a true story. Some of you may already know it, but I didn't know it till this week. Mary Kathleen Wagner was a girl born in tough times with a set of tough problems. She was born and her childhood took her through the Great Depression of the late 1929 and the years that followed. Not only was it the Depression time, but she had a father who was sick and bad, bedridden with TB, tuberculosis. And Mary took care of her father every day. Mary kept the house. She did her chores. She cooked the meals. She did not skip school. While she was doing that, her mother worked 14 hours a day, seven days a week, managing a restaurant, receiving a paycheck with less salary than a man would receive. Mary dreamed one day to become a doctor. And perhaps she got inspired because of her father's sickness and wanted to help develop a cure for it. But they didn't have the money. It was the depression. So her life went on. Eventually, she, she married and had three children. Later on in that marriage, her husband cheated on her and finally abandoned her, she and her children. She married again. And within one month of that marriage, her husband had a heart attack and he died. She married it later on, after a season, a third time, because of companionship, because, because uh, we were not meant to be alone. And her husband died of cancer. And if that's not bad, you know, you know, sometimes, brother and sister, you got to take a clothesline and hang up your problems on the clothesline. Take your list. Yeah, yeah. Preach, Alan. Yes. Thank you for the encouragement. And write up your problem, okay? This is Alan's. And this is Trey's problem, okay? And beside Alan's and Trey's, here's Jeff. And here's Valerie. This is your clothesline, okay? You with me? Okay? And, and here's Caprice. And here's Sammy. Sammy's got two lists. And uh, then, then you go, you go Okay? If, if I were to ask all of you here this morning, here's a piece of paper, write down on the paper every problem you can think about in your life. And then we put them all down here. Down here where you all can come read it. You start reading, it ain't your problem, you're thinking, my Lord, but Sammy is in a mess. <laughs> Goodness gracious, I didn't know Trey was that messed up. Or, or, or something to the effect, and I say that to be on the lighter side. 
Some, something to the effect that somebody has terminal cancer. Something to the effect that somebody has been given a bad report about a test and they're facing a few months. Can I, something to the effect that, and you could just imagine, you know what you'll do when I, when you, when I give you that chance to go back to, to the list and now say take the one you want? You'll go back to your own. Because you didn't realize, oh, I, I'm a preacher man. Because you, didn't, because you didn't realize the perspective. You didn't, you didn't realize the fact of the matter is that we, we like Mary, we, we, we go through stuff. And sometimes we don't say anything to anybody. So Mary was struck later on after her third husband died with a paralysis on her face. But here's something I want you to remember about Mary, but I want you to remember about people of God. Mary never let her problems define her. According to her story, her mother told her over and over again, you can do it, Mary, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Mary started a sales career and developed a very small company that later became known as Mary Kay. You heard of her? Pink Cadillac? Yeah. Some of you are wearing her. Huh? Some of you are selling her. I told the first service, I hope none of you guys are wearing her. And then somebody texted Valerie and said, yeah, we sell men's products too. <laughs> Mary once said this, and I just want you to get the point. Mary once said, there's an alternative course of action to every failure. You have to find it. When the roadblocks come, you have to detour. You cannot let your setbacks define who you are. Now, I'm not going to get through this whole sermon, but I'm going to get as far as I can. You cannot let your setback define who you are. If a roadblock, if I'm here traveling and my normal route to where I'm going to work or a restaurant or the doctor has on one occasion detour, road under construction, whatever, or just detour and the arrow is this way and that way, then I have to find another route. But sometimes we are so strong-willed and we are so stubborn and we are so self-independent and we just, who we are, that we are going to say, hey, you know what? I don't have to be like everybody else. They may have to detour, but I don't have to detour. I'll make my own way. And you're kind of like the guy I told you all about some time back who saw a sign that says detour. And it had an arrow to go left. And this guy always traveled that way to work. So he just figured, you know what, I ain't following no detour sign. I'm going to go around that detour sign and stay on my same road. And he drives 20 miles out that same road. When he gets there, the bridge is out. The road, the bridge has collapsed. The water has washed it. He cannot go anywhere but back. He turns back, 20 miles back. He comes to the detour sign. On the back side of the detour sign says, welcome back, stupid Because somebody took the detour and didn't take it either. Why do I have to do that when God, if God says, Alan, I'm blocking your path here, it's because I want to keep you from going all the way and landing out of the bridge and ending up in the river, washed up and dead. I'm pulling you aside a little bit so I can stretch you. I can give you more joy, more peace, but i got to put you in a little rough road, a little uncomfortable place, because I want to smoothen out your life. I want to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I want to get you nearer to me. So go ahead and follow my detour, because in the end you shall have peace. Give the Lord a hand clap. Problems. Problems reveal our weaknesses. Write that down and put it on. Problems reveal our weaknesses. And I think, I think we, already, we already know that. We already know that when David was faced with Goliath as a giant to fight against the Israelites, Goliath fighting against the Israelites, that Saul was the king. And Saul's weakness, the tallest man, average man in Israel, strong man, got armor, been a fighter, been a warrior, first king of Israel, sees the size of Goliath, hears his voice rippling through the valley, threatening the Israelites, and it caused him and all the Israelites, when Goliath would come out twice a day or once a day and threaten them to destroy all the Israelites, they would all run in their tents and hide. 
And, and I say that to you that they were greatly afraid. And problems will make us fearful. Problems can tear us. Tribulations, bad news can make us weak. Can I get an amen? But here's some other weaknesses, and I, I'm trying to hurry. What other weakness do you face when you, when you have problems? Doubt comes in. That's a weakness. Because doubt can steal your joy and steal your faith. Blaming can be a weakness when we have problems. Bless God if so-and-so didn't say so-and-so or, or didn't do that, the other thing, if it wasn't my mother or my father or somebody else, don't let that become a part of your life. Blaming can make you bitter. Here's another weakness, self-pity. Oh, my Lord, how many self-pity parties have I had and invited all my friends and nobody came? Say, hello, hello, how come you didn't come to my self-pity party? Well, I was having one of my own and I wonder why you didn't come. You know, you were talking about the offering a while ago, and I, this is completely different. He, was, he said about taking up the offering, he had all kind of ways to uh, give, you know. And uh, if your cell phone is how you give, just put it out there, you know, because we're going to pray. I thought you should have said, just put your cell phone in there, in the basket, you know. And uh, <laughs> we'll take care of you, give it. And anyhow, that's, that, that's fine. The, the, the fact of the matter is, we, we, we tend to enlarge, we, we, we reveal the weak isolation. Uh, uh, help me, Jesus. Isolation is part of the problem that, that comes in, shows our weakness. Uh, let, let, me, let me move. No, number two, problems reveal our strength. Can I, can I get a witness from somebody? It reveals our strength. Saul went and hid in the tent. The Israelites went and hid in the tent. This goes on day after day because this giant Goliath is threatening. He's nine feet tall, and you know the whole story. And he's saying, if I kill your champion, you send your man, I'll be their man. If I kill your champion, you all serve us, and vice versa. And here comes us, maybe a 15-year-old freckled face, maybe red-headed guy by the name of David, and all he's been doing is keeping sheep. But, oh, when he was keeping sheep, a lion showed up and stole one of his sheep. And the Bible says he went and took the sheep out of the lion's mouth when God anointed him. It revealed his strength. Can I get an amen? Another time a bear came to steal a sheep and David did the same thing. And David's strength showed up when he took his slingshot and he took a rock and he said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a shield and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Jehovah, whom you have defiled this day. Whoa. Today, everybody say today. This day, God's going to give you in my hands. Everybody say, this day, I'm victorious. Say it by faith. This day, I am victorious. Say, this day, I'm an overcomer. One more time, this day I'm an overcomer. Yeah. Because what we, what we are full of is what spills over. And if we're full of negativism, self-doubt, self-pity, blaming, all, if we're full of that, it, it all spills over. Nobody wants to be around us. But let your strength be revealed. Let, let, let me hasten. You know what problems do? Problems, problems deal with our attitudes. Can I get an amen? Problems reveal our attitudes. And, and I, need to, I need to hurry and tell you. Louis Grizzard was a well-known newspaper columnist and writer here in the Atlanta area for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I think his hometown, Moreland, Georgia. And Louis Grizzard says about problems and attitudes, he says the game of life is much like football. You have to tackle your problems, block your fears, and score your points, and when you get to the opportunity, have time, change some stuff. Help me, Put put the first point on there, if you will. I, I want to show you some observations about if we had no problems, we'd have no opportunities to trust God. Okay, that's the main. So if you're writing uh, the observations, the top before you write this first one, write if we had no problems, we'd have no opportunities to trust God. We would have no occasion to flex our spiritual muscles. Amen. Because, oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Let, let, put the next one up up there. Let, let me show you something. We wouldn't need to develop a positive attitude because life's negatives would ch challenge us. Okay? Wouldn't challenge us. If everything was always coming up roses, if everything was beautiful, if all the bills were always paid, the kids making all the good grades, the marriage is doing fine, and the body is healthy, we would think we are our own God. We don't need God. 
But sometimes God allows the negatives to blow into our lives so that we could stretch our spiritual muscles. You you know what stretching your spiritual muscle means? Stretching your faith. Stretching your spiritual muscles can also be physical. It means you get on your knees. You get on your knees and say, God, my posture needs to change. I need to bow down. Sometimes you've got to lay on your stomach or or lay on your, and say, oh, God. uh, Sometimes stretching your spiritual muscles means not only do you get on your knees, you stretch up your hands before God and say, God, I don't feel like praising you. I I feel a million, like you're a million miles away, but I'm still, somebody say amen. I don't understand the struggle, but by faith I'm going to praise you. Sometimes stretching your spiritual muscles when negative stuff comes in means that you clap your hands whether you feel like it or not. Clap unto the Lord, holy people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. You go to work when you don't want to. You take your medicine when you don't want to. You go to family reunion when you want to. Why not trust God? Number three, number three. Without problems, we won't be driven to prayer. Come on, somebody say amen. So sometimes God drives us to prayer because he hadn't heard from us in a while. Sometimes God drives us to prayer so that he, we can understand the peace of God. It's not something cheap. Can I get an amen? Prayer is to your Christianity. Can, get, get this. Don't, don't miss it, okay? Pray. Come to the music, if you will. Prayer is to your Christianity like your blood is to your organs. I don't, I don't know if I came through. I don't know. Yeah. Okay? If your blood is not flowing in, in your organs and your cells and your tissues, if there's no blood, you're, you're dead. Okay? There's never been found a substitute, an artificial substitute for blood. Blood is, is as, as the way it is. Okay? And if you don't pray, and there is no anointing, and there is no binding the devil and casting out demons and pulling down strongholds and pleading the blood over your children, over your marriage, over your health, if there is no intercession, there will will be no covering and no deliverance. Prayer is not about telling God what he don't know. Prayer is about God telling you what you need to know. I, I, need a, I need an amen here. Why should I pray if, if God knows everything? You should pray if God knows everything because you don't know everything. And He can tell you everything. Put, put it on the screen for me, number four. We wouldn't be pressed into a life of faith if we didn't have troubles and tribulations. Can I get an amen? Because faith means that there are times you will not get the answer you need today or at the moment you pray. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence you're not seeing. You're praying for the house, but it may be another month or two or a little later on, but pray anyhow. You're praying for the financial get out of debt. You keep praying. You exercise faith. Sometimes God puts us in pressure places so we can exercise scriptures we already know. Put the next one, number five. Oh, help me. We would not learn to cast our cares on Jesus if we didn't have problems. Can I get another amen from Baffle? To cast, we we, we wouldn't know. The Bible Bible says, casting all your cares on him. Second Peter. Because he cares for you. I don't want Valerie going around with a problem by herself if I can be a partner in helping her. Can I get an amen? I don't want my daughter's grandchildren going around with problems if I'm their father and grandfather. If I can be a help. And that's the way God feels about His children. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. You know what I found out? And Valerie gave me this illustration this morning because my sister sent it on her uh, as a text message so I could get it. Stephen Furtick preaching in his church and in Charlotte, and I'm closing with this. He had a marvelous illustration about how life works. And he, he compared it with football. Okay? You got the offense and the defense. Okay? So you got the quarterback who's getting ready. Say you line up at the 50 yard line. His team lined up here. The other team, the opposing team, lined against him. And, and the quarterback has made the call. And now he's going to pass the ball. 
And next thing you know, the receiver runs all, way, way down the field, but he's got the, his, his opponent right beside him, ready to, ready to block the, the, the catch or to obstruct him in some way. And you've got the receiver, he's, he's going this way because he's trying to go to the goal line, but there's other guy in the way, so he's got to turn back and come and run this way or zigzag a little bit or come forward another 10 yards. And next thing you know, he comes forward 10 yards, and once he catches the ball, he's got to turn around and run the other way again so he can get to the touchdown line. That's what I'm saying about some of our lives. It is, uh, you get the point? Sometimes you've got to run a different direction. You've got to run the route you just came so that God can give you the winning point. Can I get an amen? Sometimes you've got to zigzag and you've got to tell the devil, I, you are not going to get me. If I've got to walk this trail again, I'll not do it alone. Stand to your feet, everybody, and give the Lord praise. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord praise. Let me tell you something about it about problems and troubles. And I close. There are two reasons why problems and trouble come. For your good and God's glory. Can I get an amen? Problems and troubles come for your good because He'll give you peace. Be of good cheer. And for His glory because you'll know you didn't do it. He did it. Bow your heads, please. Thank you, Jesus. I, I'm going to invite those of you this morning who do not have the peace of God by way of the covering of salvation and the blood of the Lamb. Not going to be long, but head bowed and eyes closed. Christians, would you breathe a prayer? I need to feel a little deeper anointing at the altar calls than I'm feeling right now. I feel, I feel like I'm just going through a motion here, and I don't want that. Christians, I want you to whisper a prayer here. This could be somebody's make it or break it mode. Somebody's make it or break it moment. This, this, this could be your, the most major moment in your life. Pastor, I need peace from God, through God, with God, and I'm not where I should be. I, I'm not where he could bless me because I'll take his blessing and do the wrong thing. But I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, raise your hands in Jesus' name. Hold it up just a moment. I see several hands. Hallelujah. Come on. you got about five more. Thank you. Put them down. Now the rest of us, those who raised your hands, and the rest of us who prayed for them to do it, thank you for doing it. Let all of us raise our hands together. And let us repeat this prayer out loud for those who raised their hands. Oh, Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I realize that I am not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not righteous enough. To save myself. I confess. I have sought for peace. In all the wrong places. But today. I'm turning to you. Please Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Every one of them. I confess with my mouth. That Jesus Christ. Is the son of God. And my savior. And I believe in my heart. That today, I'm saved. So by faith, I am going to praise you, serve you, and let you turn my troubles into triumphs. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it, give it all some praise. Let's congratulate them. Let's, let's congratulate them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, bless the Lord. Now, now here's... Here's I want to close, but I don't want you to leave just yet. I want them to sing this song, and when, while you sing it, I, I want you to do this while they sing it, okay? I, I wonder, just look at me just like we're in the daytime, because we are, except we're inside. The walls make it look like we're night. If you're like me, if you're like me, and you have some days that are bigger than you, and you have some blindsided problems that have come your way, if you're like me and you don't know where this came from and what God's plan is for it, but you sure wish it would go away. If you're like me and you sometimes get impatient and you lose your joy and your peace and you need a little bit more joy and peace and faith to make the end of the race and to win, raise your hand. Raise your, I, I knew I, I'm the same way. Raise the other hand right now. And begin to thank Him that 
He is going to take care of you. Go ahead. Open up your mouth. Thank you, God, that I'm going to get your peace to be healed. Say whatever it is you need to tell Him. God, I need the peace of God in my marriage. Come on. My mind, oh God, I need, I need to have a sound mind. Come on. God, I need the peace of God because of a temptation I can't overcome. Come on. You say it out. Say it out in Jesus' name. And while they sing, don't stop praising. Just keep, keep it up. Come on. Praise Him right now. Come on, don't stop. Lord, I need your presence. While they sing, come on. You, you might even sing it with them after you told the Lord. stronghold and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in our lives. I cast down nightmares. Come on, help me here. I cast down suicide spirits. Come on, help me here. I cast out demonic powers. I cast down the stuff that blindsides us and make us worry late at night, make us depend on drugs and medicine. Although they have their place, you want us healed. Somebody cast that down. God, I want to be healed. I want to be totally healed by the power. I cast down doubt, self-pity. I cast down, oh God, everything that is stealing our joy. And let your presence right now transform us for your glory. Sing it one more time. Then we'll go. Everybody, lift, lift, again, come on. Sing it. L lift your hands. Oh. 